Hello, friends, family, and fans. Welcome back to another episode of The Memo. We are happy to be back, as always. You got Richie Lyons and Matt Brodsky in the studio. We got Alex Masato zooming on in from over there in Astoria. Um, how are you guys doing today? I'm doing well. I'm good. Yeah, you enjoying some well. playoff basketball? Yep. We're watching Game 5, Mavs Clippers right now, yeah. live from the studio. Yeah. So, um, speaking of the playoffs, <laughs> we're going to talk about... You know, a little recap so far. Some series are over. Some are close to over. Some are, you know, going going right at it. Uh, we got some pretty close ones. Um, you know what was upsetting, though, today is the – there was only two. After mm-hmm. being spoiled for however many days in a row, four games, four games, every every single day, we were down to two. And that's what it's going to be in the in the next round, only two mm-hmm. games a day. And then you know where it goes from there. Yeah. But yeah. That was that was really upsetting. Not being able to distract myself during work, yeah. <laughs> um, had to wait until six o'clock for the games. Yeah, I woke up at um, one o'clock. I'm usually used to just throwing a game on the yeah. last couple of days, but now uh, hockey too. They're both they're, they're both sports are starting at like six and ten or six uh-huh. and nine. So the day games are probably shame. over with. Which is yeah, it was. Um, at work today, I, would, I usually, like, we'll put it on the TV there. You know, it's nice. Like, you come in from delivery or whatever, and you just see it on the screen. What's the score? And I was like, oh, there's nothing. Nothing, <laughs> nothing to watch. Uh, so, um, I guess we can just touch on the two series that, you know, ended pretty easily and swiftly. Uh, the Raptors swept the Nets. No surprise there. The Heat swept the Pacers, which, uh, I mean, a little surprised that they swept them. I don't think anyone is surprised that they won the series, but... I know. I don't think I said it'd be a, a sweep. Did no, you? I, I said. I said five. the Pacers in seven. <laughs> I said Heat in five. I believe. Yeah. I definitely I, was a little surprised by the sweep. I guess yeah. not having Sabonis was a really mm-hmm. big loss. Yeah. So yeah. The, those those two teams are getting a good rest. Um, and the Celtics swept the Sixers too. So all of the oh Eastern yeah. teams <laughs> swept except the Bucks, who will probably win in five if they just won that first game. Then yeah. all those Eastern teams would have swept. Exactly. Pretty pretty lopsided over there in the first round. Mm-hmm. So um, it yeah, like we, we talked about it last week, the Eastern Conference matchups were a little underwhelming, but it sets up really nice in the second round. Uh-huh. You already have Raptors, Celtics, and then most likely Bucks, Heat, which are two compelling series. Yeah. So um, yep. I think we're definitely going to get into the Heat a little, a little bit later. Um, we're going to probably talk about you know the Celtics because we're going to be talking Sixers. about the 76ers. Yeah. So we'll talk about them a little later. Um, not much to touch on with the Raptors and Nets, like we said. I mean, it was pretty easy. Everyone knew that there was going to be no competition. You know, Levert showed up a little bit towards the towards the end of the series in the last two games. He kind of just was chucking him up there. So, do you have any explanation whatever. to what was going on with Jared Allen for that like uh, uh, two game stretch there? Um, How do you I play? Was, was it thirty something minutes? No mm, field goal attempts. Yeah, something crazy like that. Uh, I was just Doesn't reading. Make any sense to me. I just like browsing threads and stuff, like live game threads, and saw some people saying that, you know, they were defending him really well. Like Gasol was just kind of locking him up, so maybe he's just a coward and didn't attempt. But put a shot. I don't know. That, he had what do you have? Like seventeen rebounds 17 and no, not one putback. Yeah, like did he have any offensive rebounds? Who knows? But really weird. Um, I know you're very high on him, so it was a little. I do. I like Jared Allen a lot. To see. I mean, it's going to be disappointing when he gets thrown on the bench next year for old man Jordan. But <laughs> Jordan would have taken some shots. Yeah, probably, and he would have missed. And he's not really an offensive guy. Like he's not. Ooh, he Allen? doesn't have like a. Yeah. Oh no, he's not like gonna you know 
create a shot. He's just lob threat yeah, he's put back. But, you yeah. know, defender, rebounder. I mean, not an offensive throw. guy. That's fine. You can shoot if you're playing 34 minutes. <laughs> you could put one up I mean, there. he's, he's not – he's not. yeah, but he's not going to put one up over, like, a defender, try to create his own shot. If it's not there, it's not there. It's got to get there over the course. <laughs> it was six straight quarters without a field goal. The first half of the next game. Yeah, I mean, he, he, like, right. leads the league in field goal percentage. He just, like, dunks and, like – those putbacks. <laughs> you got to create some space down there <laughs> to get a dunk. I mean, do something. Like you, you, there has to be, there had to have been an opportunity to, to put up a field goal attempt. Yeah. Well, so yeah, that's, is that's nice, but come on. Especially when there's no maybe one if, to score. Maybe if Jared Allen scored five points a game, the Nets would have taken a game. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say there's no more opportunities now because he is no longer in the bubble. Must suck having to like when you leave. It's just like. <sighs> <laughs> Like, yeah, and I'm pretty sure they ship you out, like, mad fast. Yeah, they're like, get yeah. the hell out now. Don't get your shit. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> like, right that after the game. That must suck. No showering. Just fucking go. <laughs> <laughs> the walk of shame out of Disney World. All right, so um, beyond that, uh, the series that are over, there's a, there's a few other storylines that are, are pretty intriguing, um, and both of them pertain to the game that's on right now that we're watching, the Dallas uh, Mavericks versus the Los Angeles Clippers, and um, Clippers are up nine right now in the first. Uh, so, first thing we wanted to touch on was uh, Luka Doncic. Well, and before we get into the stamp shreds, uh, I wanted we could talk about. Oh, he was a stamp shred, was wasn't he? Okay, my yeah, mistake, yeah, my yeah. mistake. Um, so yeah, he's amazing. We're gonna yeah. get to him, you know, shortly. But um, we can go on forever about Luka. But what I wanted to mention. The, what did we say last week for the Rockets Thunder series? Um, did we predict it to be close? I said uh, Thunder in seven. I'm pretty sure. Okay, interesting. Thunder. Yeah, because um. I just didn't want. I don't want the Rockets to win, so I just <laughs> went with the Thunder. I mean, it was looking. I think I said. I think I said Rockets in seven. I I don't remember, but it looked like after the first two games that Houston was just going to roll and and dominate them, and next thing you know, it's two two. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. But well, the second game was close. Second game was close. The Rockets pulled away, like, at the end there, but it was close for most of it. So, like, generally the series has been very competitive. Yeah. Um, Um, Is there any word on when Westbrook's coming back? He's not. He's officially out for game five. Oh, really? Damn. So he must. The Clippers were just on a 19-0 run? Yeah. (laughs) They really just went off there. Jesus. Um, So what was 16? What was it? Gee, 16-9, I guess. Um, no, but really yeah, I, that I did think the Thunder would be able to compete. But then after watching Game One and just like realizing that they don't have a guy like Harden, they don't have somebody to go off and like keep up with him, I thought it would be like a blowout series kind of. Um, but I guess the Thunder just played really good team basketball. Yeah, they do. They have a lot of. Uh, they got some shooters. They got Chris Paul leading the way, getting everyone in the right spot. You know, SGA has been offense. having a couple games couple good games he struggled in the beginning mm-hmm. but i think he's put together some yep. good yeah young guy it's, ex- it's expected but he's coming along you know i, I forgot is this his fir- this is first season with the thunder yeah because he was he got traded uh, yeah this year. i forgot that he was traded for paul george yep they traded so much for paul george oh my god dude Insane. they traded him gallinari and what five first rounders <laughs> or something crazy how do you have like can't you not trade a certain amount I don't know what or they something. Did. <laughs> I don't know how they they 
pulled that the off. The Thunder but, fleeced them, whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, did we want to talk about uh, Mr. Uh, Playoff P? Yeah. Before we got into the stamp shreds? Um, yeah. I don't know how he's – I'm trying to, like, glance at the game while we record, but um, it's hard to pay attention to both things at the same time. Uh, how's he doing Five so far? He's doing uh, better than – he has been in previous games already yeah. through like half he's a four quarter. Four six with nine points. Yeah, so he's okay. starting. So listen, obviously we're recording this during game five. Um, Paul George, very likely he, by the time you guys are listening to this, very likely he had a good game. Maybe he scores 30 points tonight. I'm confident in talking about this regardless with Paul George because one good game is not going to erase the four shit games <laughs> that he played leading yeah, up to Yeah, he's been tonight. absolutely awful. So don't think that he can just go out and score 25, 30 points and it's all going to be forgotten. This series is 2-2 with Luka missing like most of the second half in one game, Porzingis getting fouled out, uh, getting ejected middle of the third quarter. Mm-hmm. This series is closed <laughs> and being injured, having missed the, this is the second game now. So, th- and it's a two-two series. Obviously, Luca's doing his thing and dominating on on offense, but it's two-two because Paul George is averaging fucking shooting twenty-one percent for the field and averaging like eight points a game. And yep. w- the most annoying part of all this is, like you said, he could very well by the time this episode comes out, he could have had thirty points, and then he's going to act like you know. He's the man and uh, did nothing wrong. And he comes out with that quote today or, or yesterday, remember it was, you know, the def- the defenders are bad, um, just missing open <laughs> shots. Like, yo, shut. Th- that's worse yeah. that you're just you're just playing terrible. Like, <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know if he meant it in that way. Like, yeah, it's really on me because the defense is bad and I just suck. But, you know, like, why yeah. are you throwing shade? Just play ball, man. Like, why- he-, he really acts like he he's done something. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that quote just in plain text was kind of like weird to read, but I I don't think that he meant like the Mavericks are trash, like yeah. Um I don't think he meant it to like throw shots at anyone on the Mavericks. Um I think he meant it like you said, like uh, this is kind of on me, like I'm just like not playing well. I, I don't really feel it right now. Um but looks like he's playing a little bit better tonight. It doesn't matter, though. Like, these first four games have been, like, some of the worst games that I've seen a superstar play in the playoffs in a long time. And it's funny. On the Joe Budden podcast, they they talk about, like, Joe Budden just has a theory that Kawhi Leonard hates Paul George. (laughs) And, um, like, I'm sure he does after these last four games. Um, But so far tonight, it looks like Kawhi's saying – like fuck anyone else, I'm just yeah. gonna take over yeah, and <laughs> and win this shit. They're showing his highlights already right now. He's he must. What does he have already like over he 10 has points? Thirteen points. Yeah. Um. Uh, he also yeah. Paul George also said something uh, the other day six after the game, six. which I thought was a little like. It it was just like kind of like yeah you know that's not my thing whatever he was saying they were talking about like you know his shooting struggles like what he has to do he's like. He's like, you know, I'm not James Harden. That's not my thing. Like, I don't score like that. It's like, you, we, we've seen you score. We know you can <laughs> score. Don't come out and act now like that's never been your thing to score points. Like, Yeah, he, that's he, a really weak thing to yeah, say. Yeah, that, that's what that's the word I'm looking for. It was just like weak. Like, yeah, you know, like I'm not expected to do that really because that's not, never been my thing. I'm no James Harden scorer. Like, come should on, be. man. You like, should want to, you should yeah, aspire to yeah, be that. He's, he's like extremely unlikable. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, Especially yeah, I mean, it's true. He it's doesn't give a shit. It's true that he's not like a James Harden type, like isolation scorer. He kind of just he plays within the flow of the offense. But yeah, even even with that being the case, he's still playing really bad and missing mm-hmm. wide open shots and layups. Like I've I've seen possessions in the other games where Kawhi's getting double teamed, and Paul George is just like standing outside watching it happen. Like, dude, you are. What is the average? Like 26, 27 points a game? Like no, for not years? This year, but well, for, like, like he's 22, been, 23. He's like a 22, 23 guy. So he's been a top tier scorer like in the past also, like throughout his whole career. And he's standing there watching yep. his like teammate get double teamed. He should be demanding the fucking ball, mm-hmm. driving to the paint, and like putting up points. And he's just, he just walks around the court like he doesn't care what's going on. He's like disengaged. And I guess he's still playing elite defense. Like, mm-hmm. I, that, yeah, you know, no, that. Of course. I but mean, he's also Lucas scoring forty five points a game. So, what are we really talking about? Yeah. What is he? What is he contributing? I mean, this is this is I think a conversation for another day. This could be a, a whole topic on its own. But I do think they're sort of a weird pairing, him and Kawhi. They're just like a little too similar. Like they, their games don't like bounce off each other that well. Like I don't know. Yeah. Even from the start, I thought it was just like a, a little weird pairing. I mean, they're both studs you know or paul george should be a stud but that's a conversation yeah. for a different time Kawhi's, you know? i think paul george is best when he's paired with like a facilitator who can mm-hmm. find him open shots and like find him when he's cutting Kawhi is not that like he's yeah. never mm-hmm. been a a great passer or anything like that Kawhi's best when he has the ball in his hand and he can just dominate mm-hmm. yeah, or do kind of what paul george does like Catch the ball off screens, off off cuts, uh, spotting up, shooting threes. Yeah, um, I guess that's why. So yeah, I, I agree with you. It's kind of a weird pair. George had his best season last year with Westbrook bringing the ball up, distributing, exactly. and finding him. Yeah, and then so the, I mean, these playoff struggles are not anything new. He he was the same way last year in the playoffs. Didn't he go like three for nineteen and in the elimination game or something? Was that yeah. last season? Yeah, he's always struggled. He's been struggling. I don't forget what year it was, but I mean, he's no stranger to those kind of stat yeah, lines in exactly. the playoffs. <laughs> All right. Well, yep. this game's going on. Um, I don't know. Hopefully, the Mavericks. They, they, I mean, they, the other day when that overtime game with the Luka game winner, they were down seventeen or something. They came all the way back. So hey, game's never over until it's over. So hopefully, this becomes a good one. While we're recording, maybe we can react to some cool plays, <laughs> even though. Like last time, there's no shot we'll still be recording yeah. <laughs> when the game is ending. No. So, um, you want to move into the stamp shreds? Stampy shreddy? Yeah. Yep. We haven't we done one of these in a while. I'm excited. Yeah, it has been a long time. We've just been talking about shitty news involving yeah. the pandemic. So, uh-huh. we actually have some basketball to discuss. So, stamp shreds are back this week. Fan favorite segment. Um, for those who are unfamiliar quick rundown it's kind of like a buy or sell we'll read off a statement and we'll either stamp the statement if we agree with it or shred it put it in the imaginary paper shredder that we used to have if we yeah. disagree with the statement yeah if you're if you're a very newcomer uh, the old heads will know we used to actually have a shredder and in a the stamp. room with us and a stamp um but you know life kind of got in the way budget budget <laughs> so, cuts we yeah. had to sell the state the shredder yeah, to um, the stamp you know, filed a grievance to HR. <laughs> said we were stamping them too hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yep. what's the first? Okay, stamp so stamper shred. shred. The man of the week, Luka Doncic, 
Uh, we're going to stamp or shred here. Luka Doncic will be the best player in the NBA within the next three seasons. I, I shred that statement. I, li- I love him. I think he's awesome. He's an amazing scorer. He's, you know, he rebounds, passes. He does it all on offense. Um, there's a lot to be desi- desired on the defensive end. And I know Dame tweeted that video today where everyone's going off about his athleticism pre-draft. You know, he'll never be that special of a player, this and that. Obviously, that is all not true. Um, I just think there's other guys who are either in their prime right now, like like a, like a Harden or, you know, a, a Giannis is going to keep getting better. Like guys like that who I think are better now that will still be at the top of the league when in three years that I think Lucas still needs – a little more time for some other guys to, you know, start tailing off. Like, how old is Kevin Durant? 30, 31? Like, he'll stop, probably still be playing pretty yeah. well at that time. Giannis is, what, 24? Like, he's going to be even better in three years. Who know? And Giannis Luke is an elite 21. defender. Yeah, I know. But I just think he's going to get better, and there are other players in the league who are better right now who are still – who can get better and or will still be better, like these already legendary guys that we have. I think he can, yeah. he can be there one day, maybe in the next, like, five, six years. I just think three years is a little a little close. Yeah, I, I'm going to shred this as well. Um, I do think that Luka is better than all these other younger cats like uh, Giannis. Um, I, I, I just I think he's a better player than Giannis is. Um, but, like, Kevin Durant's still going to be in the league. He's going to be better than Luka. Um, Harden probably will still be in the league, like you said. Um, maybe with three years of development for Luka, he'll have a he'll be in that conversation. Maybe maybe around Harden's ability, but I don't think he'll be as good as as Kevin Durant, who's an all time great. Um, unless unless he continues to get a lot better, which I'm sure he will, which is a very scary thought. Um, I think he can get to number two, but yeah. I can't. I can't say that Luca is going to be better than Kevin Durant. That would just be so. You crazy? You think he's better than Giannis now? Yeah. <laughs> um, is, look, I just like I Giannis think is great. Like he's a he's a freak of nature. He's like offense runs through him. He's a pretty good facilitator. Um, I want to see Giannis like put his money where his mouth is and and if Luca was playing I think if Luca was playing on the Bucks and playing in the East in general he'd be cruising to you think so the finals I mean the fact that the fact that we even have to have this conversation about Giannis is like you know it's it's this year he's got to make it to the finals or like I'm yeah. um, I'm demoting yeah. him yeah I don't want to like not get because they are about to, they they lost game one you know fluke like they're about to cruise the rest of the series like who oh, knows yeah. how they're to playoffs and go you know like mm-hmm. but um I just le- like because he's an elite he just won defensive player of the year obviously like he has that two way game it seems like he gets better as a right. shooter each year I don't know if he'll ever I mean apparently Luca can't hit threes in the regular season <laughs> he's like one of the worst three point shooters but I I don't think he's a bad three point shooter. You watch him he'll play. He'll work on that too. Yeah, I'm sure his percentages will go. He'll take tough. more efficient shots, this and that. Um, but I th- I see Giannis improving a shot every year. So I think I mean I think they'll be close for the next few years. We'll see. 
I just think yeah. Giannis's upside with his athleticism and on the defensive end, in the end, I, th- I could see him being better, but... I'm going to yeah. stamp this. I think he is going to be the best player in the league pretty soon. I mean, he averaged 28-9-9 in his second season at 21 years old. Like he, there's no reason to That's think absurd. he wouldn't keep getting better at that. He'll average a 30-point triple-double at this rate like in next season. Uh, he's clutch. He's doing it in the playoffs against one of the best defensive teams in the league. He's obviously unguardable. Like Kawhi and George, they, they can't keep him in check i don't think anyone can it's not even like a detriment on the clippers defense as much as it is just luca is that filthy so he distributes the ball he makes passes that i only like two other players in the league can make he makes the craziest plays every time he has the ball in his hands and at 21 years old like i i get what you're saying rich because like you have guys like durant and Giannis and harden who have been doing it i forgot about Kawhi too and Kawhi, like, yeah, I mean, there's there's no lack of like, top players in the league, but at 21 years old doing the things that he's doing, it seems like it's hard to believe that he'll be up on that level with those guys, but at this point, just, like, looking at what he's done and w- what he's capable of moving forward, I think the sky is the limit. Like, I don't know. I, I would take him right now over maybe anyone else in the NBA. And obviously a little recency bias because of what he's been doing in this right series, now. but... I mean, dude, the, what, 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 like, the guy is just unreal. He's great, but, like, he's 40 point know, triple doubles a, every game. There's a reason why there's the same, like, three, four guys in the NBA Finals every year because they're the well, best. Yeah, but this is his second season, so yeah, he yeah, obviously yeah. doesn't have anything to do with the other guys like, who've been there in the past. In three years, LeBron is still going to be in the league. You know, Luke is better than LeBron right oh, now. You're on crack. <laughs> More impressive performances, night no. in, night out. He's got to, in <laughs> my eyes, he's got to become much better defender if he ever wants to be one of those perennial fine. Like, because the team, the teams follow their best player in that energy, and defense is more. Defense is much more important, in my opinion. Obviously, you know, when you look at James Harden, he's the best scorer in the league every year, but they can never get out of the second round or I mean they run into they ran into the Warriors for years in a row but you know he's not a good defender that team doesn't play any defense like they just chuck up threes like mm-hmm. I think he just I want to yeah. see him become a defend a good defender and then I'll I mean when his I think game is so polished everywhere else yeah no you want that, him to I mean, just only work on defense that I could see him getting yeah. a little better I don't know if he'll ever be like a lockdown uh-huh. guy but if he works I'm sure on he'll that, become he a like good he defender work ethic yeah really all about team defense like you know there's really no like straight up lockdown guy you got like Giannis Kawhi a guy like AD or something and a lockdown like a a (laughs) one-on-one lockdown defender is not that valuable if the rest of the team can yeah exactly play you can so switch as long as you're serviceable as a team defender so I guess now we have two shreds and one stamp on Doncic being the best player in the league in three years if you guys are listening uh, please let us know in the comments what you think. If you think you can get there, if there's someone else you have your eyes on, uh, any other young player or player that's a little older than him that you think will still be better than him, let us know. You guys have any closing thoughts on that that you want to add? He's just so fun to watch and so impressive. I mean, I, I might be like over-exaggerating it a little bit because of the buzzer beater, that entire game he just had on a bad ankle, no less. 
but I just the, the trajectory that he's going, he's going to be, if not the best, top three for the next decade at least. Yeah, and you know he's taking it to these guys. And when I when I shred it, like I think he's going to be top two, three. Like I, I'm just, I think there could be some guys who are still better than him at that point. Um, oh but yeah. He's taking it to two of the best wing defenders in the league, a team that people think could come out of the West. Um, Kawhi and Paul George is who I'm talking about, the wing defenders. And there's just nothing they can do right now. And he's 21 years old, and he's a special player. Uh, it sucks that he's on the Mavericks, a team that I do not like. But, you know. What do you have against the Mavericks? I've just never liked them. <laughs> They've always – them and the Lakers have had some some beef. So, And Mark Cuban always annoyed me a big at the games. I'm a big Cuban guy. I like him on, like, Shark Tank and stuff. But at the games, when he's there and he's annoying, I want to punch him in the head. <laughs> <laughs> The Mavericks, you know, they they might be – they're a piece away from really, really contending. Yeah, they already got two. Oh, I yeah. mean, I don't know. if Porzingis has got to stay on the he – ju- he just was out, you know. Like, he didn't get hurt during the game. It was just like his knee is sore. Yeah, what He's happened? Done. I didn't even know. Like, like I don't was know. so random. Luka was the one who got hurt, and, and then, then it's like <laughs> Porzingis is out. They literally were like, give it to Porzingis. <laughs> 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 okay, stand for shred number two. The Heat. The Miami Heat are a legitimate threat to the Milwaukee Bucks in the second round. Uh, so this comes on the heels of Miami's very impressive sweep of the Pacers. Uh, depleted Pacers, missing maybe their best player. Um, I guess that, you know, keep that in mind. But still, overall, very impressive for Miami. Uh, they were Some of the games were pretty competitive, but every time it seemed like Miami pulled away at the end. Um, good defensive team, great coach team with Spolstra, so kind of just made me wonder like how far can they go obviously they're facing a matchup with milwaukee next in the second round uh do you guys think that they, uh, they have a shot to pull the upset or is it just you know they're they're gonna run I, a little dry i like want i want to say that they have a shot but in my heart i don't think they do i just don't think they have an answer for Giannis. like you said they're going it's a pacers team missing their best player who isn't He's you know a really good player, Sabonis, but he's no, he's no Giannis, and he's no. Uh, I mean, this is they're not playing it. The other team I was gonna say, so I shouldn't even say this. <laughs> I was gonna say he's no like uh, Siakam or anyone on the Raptors, but <laughs> that's not relevant because <laughs> they're playing the Bucks. But I think they're similar in a sense that like you know they rely on their role players, like very team oriented game. Uh, they move the ball a lot, both teams. Uh, they use their bench like they have a lot of people who contribute. Just one team has, you know, superstar, reigning MVP, defensive player of the year. And, you know, Jimmy Butler has been proving a lot of people wrong who thought he made a big mistake going to Miami alone. But I just don't think, you know, he's anywhere close to that level of Giannis. I know he'll give it his all and, you know, put his heart into trying to slow him down, but just don't see it happening. So you're going to um, shred it? Yeah, I shred it. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree. Um, I'm gonna stamp this. Uh, we've seen the the Bucks struggle, and I know I know the series is three one, but in the in the phases of the game where, um, like, Giannis doesn't have any help, they're struggling with <laughs> an Orlando Magic team that finished the regular season thirty three and forty. Um, I think the Heat are more than capable, like especially Jimmy Butler. I assume he'll be guarding 
uh, Middleton a bunch. I can see Butler getting in Middleton's head, locking him down, and the Bucks not really having a second option. I, I think Giannis is going to get his, but um, the the Heat are like arguably a deeper team than the Bucks. Um, you were right about that, Matt. After watching this series, I, I'll concede like the the Heat are a really deep team. They have Butler, they have Hero, they have Duncan Robinson, they have Dragic, they have Bam, um, they have Olinick, they have a bunch of really solid guys who I think are arguably better than Giannis's role players, um, and and I think the Heat are going to give the Bucks some trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm going to stamp this also. Uh, the Heat right now. Th- through the four-game series, obviously a small sample size, but they have six players averaging 10 or more points. Uh, so it kind of speaks to just, like, the well-roundedness of the roster. And you kind of have a similar situation to the Bucks raptors series last year. Obviously, there's nobody on the Heat that's like a Kawhi Leonard from Toronto last season, but it's kind of a, a Giannis superstar going up against a complete, well-rounded strong defensive team with a bona fide closer like Jimmy Butler. So, you know, if these games are close, uh, the Heat have options. They have a bunch of guys who can take shots down the stretch. Giannis obviously, you know, has proven to be somewhat one-dimensional towards the end of games, especially in long series where the teams are able to really build a defensive game plan around him. Uh, I think that it's a tough matchup for the Bucks, especially if Middleton and company around Giannis are going to keep struggling like they've been against the Magic they're going to be in for a rude awakening against the Heat a team who really is like relentless and plays hard on every possession Um, will the Heat win the series I don't know if I'm ready to say that I think it is probable that it can go seven games and then whatever happens happens but but the way Butler plays that like in fourth quarter down the stretch really turns it on it'll be interesting to see how Giannis responds if the games are close down the stretch cuz uh you know he disappointed last year against Toronto obviously you know, there's a big spotlight on him right now to get it done so we'll see but I'm going to stamp this I think the Heat are a legitimate threat at the very least I mean it'd be awesome I would re- I would like to see the Heat win the series mm-hmm. and I guess like I do think they can be competitive but I just don't think they're going to win. I guess that's why, in the end, I'm shredding this. But we'll see. I mean, every, yeah, like you said, it's really all on Giannis and not all on Giannis. I mean, he does have to step up in those situations, like you said, where, you know, it's a close game. Uh, can he, you know, score those points? Like we're watching Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray just absolutely go at it back, back and, and forth, uh-huh. you know, but they're, you know, sharpshooter, jump shooters. Uh, he just doesn't really have that in his arsenal at the moment. And I feel like that's something that you do need uh, in the playoffs towards the end of games. So we'll see. Yeah. I just uh, I, I like the team that has the the uh, the better you know elite player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean Giannis yeah. definitely seems to be on a mission right now. Obviously, has a, a lot to prove after last season. You mm-hmm. don't want to you know fall short two seasons in a row yeah. with these expectations that they have. Uh, but the the way the Heat are playing right now, I think they can play with anyone. Just that, that full team unit. Spolster is mm-hmm. doing a great job, um, as he always is. He's one of the most underrated coaches in the league every year. But I don't know. Uh, Jimmy Buckets, man. Yeah, he does find a way. Because normally those teams that play like that, like, you know, team unit, like we don't have one guy. Like, you know, it, like when the Hawks were the one seed and it was yeah. like, who's good? 
Butler right. does kind of give them that slight edge, like mm-hmm. to make them he, better than those. Guy that can yeah, do like it. he will. He he's not going to give you thirty a night, but when it's you know crunch time in the end, like he just has that yeah. you know clutch gene. So it's going to be a fun series. I'm excited. Yeah, definitely um, going to be exciting. The the Clippers are bitching the Mavericks by twenty in the first half right now, so okay. that's not looking good. Paul George <laughs> has like fifteen points, I think. Um, yeah. Just giving keep, a little up. Uh, everyone knows this already if you're listening to the podcast. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, all right, that's it for the stamp shreds, right? No, we have the. Oh, we did add a third one. That was the th- that was the third one that we added the heat one. So we had the second one originally. Oh, the one that we okay, okay. You, yeah, you went out yeah. of order, so you threw me, threw me yeah, out of I, sorts I don't over know here. Why I put that one in the middle. <laughs> um, sure, the last damn shred. A lot of chaos going around this team right now, after a disappointing exit. This one's a simple one: stamp or shred. Blow up the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, year I'll in and year out, I'll disappointments. Kick this one off. Um, this is a weird one because I feel like the 76ers are already blown up. <laughs> um, like, like they they were blown up when the NBA kind of like forced Sam Hinkie out, who was like the mastermind behind all all of this and behind the process. Behind the process, yeah. And the 76ers had to go f- like uh hire the Colangelos who are just shit. Um, <laughs> they they get rid of Jimmy Butler. They get rid of JJ. Well, the Colangelos Redick. are out now too. They they've been gone for like a year and a half now. Remember well, the whole yeah, story they were, they about were, like his wife's burners account, like oh yeah yeah <laughs> dissing Embiid or they some were the, shit. They were the Hinkies replacements, right? Um, but, um, like. Yeah, they they like I like I was saying, they got rid of Butler, they got rid of Reddick, um, two guys who were pretty instrumental to their success last year. Um, they add in Tobias Harris and Al Horford on enormous contracts. Um, Harris seemed like a good idea at the time, um, but uh, it, that's that's not working out considering his playoff performance this year. Um, and Horford's just like a, a weird fit alongside Embiid. Um, I understand that the team was designed to kind of stop Giannis, but um, you have to get to Giannis first <laughs> to stop him. Um, and Simmons was out, so give them the benefit of the doubt there. But um, do you blow up what they have right now? I don't think you get rid of Simmons or Embiid. Like, those are two studs, two really, really good players that are kind of this only team's fighting chance to keep um, competing. But uh, if you if you, if you want to go the rebuilding route, then you, you trade one of them away for some, some picks or some young guys, and you start over. You get rid of Harris if you can. You get rid of Horford if you can, and... And you restart the process. Um, yeah. So, I'll say I'm I'm going to shred this because I think they should they should hold on to that those two guys. I think that's what blowing up the Sixers means. Um, mm-hmm. So I shred this, um, but I I feel like they're kind of past the point of no return. 
Yeah. Um, I, I'm just going to go quick because I, I know you probably have a lot to say, Matt. So, um, I, it's, uh, you made an interesting point, Alex. Like, they already kind of did blow it up. And, like, they just – it's so incredible to see what a poor job they've done of, like, sur- surrounding their two best players with the right pieces. You know, you trade Covington and Sarich for Butler, and then you let Butler leave. And then, you know, you bring in uh, Horford, who is not a ma- uh, fit next to Embiid, and you give Tobias Harris his big contract, and he can't do anything. And it's like you let Reddick go, and you let uh, all these other players go who are, like, uh, good to spread the floor with, you know, Simmons and Embiid, who can't really shoot. But it's just I, I agree. I-, I would shred it because I think you, you got to hold on to – even though I want him, you know my little trade to go down, I'm not going to talk about it right now. Oh but <laughs> um, I think you got to hold on to Simmons and Embiid. Otherwise, you're really going to – after that whole you know process nonsense, you're really going to try and sell these fans on another process rebuild. Like I, don't, I, I just don't think that's a good idea, especially when you have two guys who are superstar potential. It's just they need to get someone in there that knows how to put the right players next to them. Like – you know, I don't think Tobias Harris was a bad fit when he was the fourth scorer, you know. Now he, he's, he's like, the number one guy or whatever with Simmons out or the number two guy to Embiid with Simmons out, you know, when it was Simmons, Butler, Embiid, and then Harris, and there wasn't so much pressure on him. He was a nice luxury there, but mm-hmm. he, he can't be such a primary option on your team. And you just need, like, like I said, you let Reddick go and like, all these shooters that you had and, you know, Every year the team's changing. Like, they had a nice little core. I'm not saying Sarich and Covington are anything special, but, you know, you want some continuity. Yeah. And there's just none of it there. It seems like every year there's, a, a like, three new players in the starting five. You know, you're just never – and when you build a team to beat one guy, that's – you never – you're never going to win. <laughs> like, no. what the Rockets always said, you know, where we're building our team to beat the Warriors. Like – you should build your team to win a championship. And I know they were the biggest obstacle in your way, but you don't just try and, you know, throw every three-pointer, three-point shooter on the floor and then not have a fucking center like they do now. <laughs> like, this is not how you build a team. You got to, yeah. you know, fit and they the never right beat pieces. the Warriors anyway. Exactly. So that's why it never works. <laughs> so uh, with the Tobias Harris thing that you said when he was like a good fourth option, yeah, you're totally right. But when you pay a guy $36 million, uh-huh. he's you're paying him to be like a number two option of course and he's barely average he can barely average 20 points a game during the regular season mm-hmm. he's been terrible in the playoffs that's got to be the most untradeable contract in the nba no one wants that 36 million dollars long a year. island represent baby i mean it's a disgrace he robbed well, the fucking sixers blind it. it's just inc- it's insane and the, the problem with that the knicks with Tobias and Horford's contracts is that nobody there's no way to get out of those contracts so if you don't blow up the Sixers and you keep Simmons and Embiid, you're just going to be stuck with this team for the next three, four seasons, and it's not going to really get you anywhere. So they kind of backed themselves into, into a corner where the only maybe little outlet of for life would be to shop Embiid, who I would trade before I'd trade Simmons. Uh, shop Embiid because he might, probably has more value, but he also is just... I mean, going off of what we saw these four games, he's not... He can't be that guy for them. I mean, he, he falls off in the second half of every single game because he's just tired. Mm-hmm. He looks like he can't run up and down the floor. He shoots terribly. He starts settling for threes because he doesn't want to bang down low. And so th- if, I, if I were to blow up the Sixers, I would shop Embiid. And also, 
we need to put a little bit more respect on Ben Simmons' name after this. Uh, everyone loves the jokes that Simmons can't shoot, right? He's a, he doesn't even attempt three-pointers, and he'll never be a superstar because of that. But he is the heart and soul of the clip of the of the Sixers. The facilitator makes plays. He can guard the best defender. I don't know what you guys think. If Embiid is out for this series and Simmons plays, I don't think they're getting swept. Yeah, I, I think, mean, he would I think bring they a, put up a, a lot more fight. energy than Embiid He's, did. Yeah, he he tries his hardest on every play. I mean, Embiid takes plays. And off. It might make Horford a better fit. You know, he's not clogging mm-hmm. the paint for Embiid. Like he would just be the true center. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that it really that. showed Simmons' value have not having him there because you know, I, they obviously have no guards the, at all. I gave up on the whole Simmons thing, I think, like earlier this season because he really is filthy. Like he does so much for the team. Dominates the ball. Uh, he's not like he's not an elite scorer, but he has his moments. Like he's a good scorer, even though he doesn't have a, a, a shot, um, <clears throat> and he's an elite defender. And he, you're right. He is the heart and soul of the Sixers. Um, they just looked lost without. They had no one to turn to, like no one to stop, like a run from Embiid going and like, Simmons off the rails. Is a fucking fire duo, though. Like, if if Embiid didn't have to shoulder 100 percent of the load in this series, like maybe you'd see a guy with more energy down the stretch. Um, but for this sure, team is just this team is just poorly built. Um, around those two guys, like the rest of these guys, just make it awkward for them. On top of the fact that they don't perform in when it matters. Al Horford, um, that Al Horford deal, man. What are you thinking? First pairing him yeah. with Embiid, like you always yeah. say, Richard. And also, if the Celtics are just gonna let him opt out and walk away when they're a title contender, and he was a big part of their team, and they're just letting him go. That might be a little concerning yeah, for some team who's going to like go give him a massive they contract. They should have just used all that money on every shooter they could find. Yeah, I think Butler was gone either way. I don't think he I wanted agree. to I play there because he, the, he saw the writing on the wall that that's not – I mean, the front office and the coach is just like not stable. Mm-hmm. They're not, they don't know what they're doing, obviously. So I think Butler was unsavable. But, I mean, to use the assets that way is just – Really, who's, really who's disappointing. Like, who's building? Like, who's their GM? He's doing a terrible Elton job. Elton Brand. I was reading that he's kind of just the voice of the team, and there's like a committee above him that really makes the decisions. Really, and he doesn't have final say on anything. That would make sense because I. Th- this is obviously like very circumstantial evidence, but I was watching him on ESPN today talk, and he just seemed like such a puppet. <laughs> like it didn't mm-hmm. seem like any of. What what he was saying were his actual thoughts. Yeah, well, and I saw that they were like moving around the front office, and I think they took away some of his power and control. So I'm not sure exactly how the inner workings of it work. But he did say today, Alex. I saw that too on ESPN that he's not looking to trade Simmons or Embiid. Uh, yeah. So they're going to have to get very creative to try to get out of some contracts or bring in more pieces. But I mean, what listen, you normally do I, with these bad contracts is you you like package them with picks and send mm-hmm. them to like a, a team who like isn't really trying to compete or but it just sucks that there's so much time contract. left on the deals now like though both yeah. of those deals are in their first year so mm-hmm. it's not like you know two years left one year left it's yeah. just like it's you like have the, them uh, for a while <laughs> yeah they're not like the team terrible, that it would trade for them they're not contracts. taking on expiring contracts yeah. so they're going to be locked into that so it's hard um 
so that's why I say like you, the the only way out might to be to shop and beeb. I said this the other day, based on how Paul George has been playing and how you said it's an awkward fit with Kawhi. Embiid for George, straight up. What would ha- who who would you think would be hesitant to do that? Maybe the, the Sixers. The, all right, maybe Probably throw in another Sixers. little piece with. They George. don't have any picks. <laughs> throw in, yeah, I mean, throw in something with George that might be tough. But I mean, look, Simmons and George—that's the facilitator for Paul George, right? They would play good defense together. Uh, he would have somebody to bring the ball up and kind of dish it to him on the wing, and then I don't the, I don't what the Clippers lack is. Sense. Either Clippers team. lack size. They lack size. They lack lack a paint presence, and it would just kind of let Kawhi do his thing and have Embiid clean up. I think it'd be interesting. Kawhi, some Kawhi framework needs there. Paint opened up so he can he can take advantage off the dribble. Mm-hmm. That's that would be a weird pairing too, Kawhi and Embiid. Yeah, I, because you know Kawhi, they're. Like we were talking about before, like Kawhi's not really a facilitator. You know, he's an ISO scorer, mid-range, take it to the rack. Yeah. So where where do him and Embiid's game mesh? I don't know. I would say it meshes better than him and Paul George. I give, guess, the, give the Clippers I guess, some yeah. size down there if we you're going to be competing with Davis for the next couple of years. Yeah. Hey, maybe I mean, maybe just to shake something. We'll see how the Clippers, you know, end up. They're obviously... I well, yeah, I mean, this game, if, but <laughs> and assuming that Paul George continues his fucking <laughs> run of t- misery, yeah, well, he's, a, he's already breaking that right now. So we'll see how he does the rest of the playoffs. I or I mean, what I don't know what else you would be able to get for Embiid. I'm sure there would be some f- some solid offers out there. Yeah, no, I mean, you're gonna get incredible offers, hopefully. For, but I would <laughs> just build around Simmons, give him I all agree, the shooters, yeah, you gotta get let him shooters. get his lane, mm-hmm. clear the paint a little bit, but. Uh, it's going to be difficult to see how the Sixers are able to shake up the roster. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't think I gave it. I, I don't. I don't know if I would stamp or shred. I would blow up the Sixers. I would think I would say you should probably stamp it. I think they should trade Embiid. It's almost like blow it up to make it better. It's not really blowing it up. It's like you it's know you just got to find a better fit like you they still want to would want to contend and compete it's yeah. not like you're throwing in the towel you just would we have to, to have choose Simmons. you're choosing simmons of the two and saying you know we're gonna build the roster around him instead of like all just these as a result of the terrible here. fucking roster they have mm-hmm. they have no other choice because mm-hmm. what do you like they if you need don't to have do another, anything yeah they need, they need to have another superstar like ready to go on board or they would take a massive step back last year, mm-hmm. next year. But what else do you do if you keep all of them? You run out the same Tobias Horford, Simmons, and Embiid for the next three around. seasons. You need another superstar who can shoot. Next, Josh season. Richardson's making like twenty-three million a year too. Their whole starting five, and Simmons is going to have to get paid. Did he get paid already? Um, I think he's still on a rookie contract. They need like a Bradley Beal type. In, he's, I think he's due for a for a yeah. contract this year because Ingram's a free agent and they were drafted the same year. Oh no, he already got maxed. He got it. Five years, one seventy. Oh, so he's paid. So they have their starting five must make the most yeah. in the NBA by far, and that's why the rest <laughs> of their team sucks. sucks. Except Shake Milton is nice. Tybal. Tybal. He's not really Tybal's an offensive man. guy. Yeah. They got it. They need know. a superstar no who can videos. shoot. They're in trouble. They could yeah, use I, I uh, Bradley they could Beal, use Beal but Devin Booker. 
Booker's but not going that'd anywhere. be great. It's impossible for them to get yeah, those. Yeah, it's guys, impossible, though. but that's what they. <laughs> that need. would be wonderful. Booker ain't going. If the Suns trade Booker after <laughs> what he just did, hmm. they could honestly use like an AD. <laughs> yeah. Who? That's <laughs> who's with Simmons. Yeah. Embiid for AD straight up, bro. Well, that oh. would also be why. Well, he's a free agent, Clippers. right? Yeah. But Who? They can't afford him. <laughs> yeah, they can't afford him. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Imagine they. I don't. Sometimes I don't understand the contract. They just like throw max deals at everyone. The Carl whole Towns. Four out of the five players on the Sixers have a Towns. max. Oh, imagine that would suck for Russell. Like, gets to meet up with his boy. They just trade him away. <laughs> for lazy Stuck Embiid. In Minnesota. Oh, I guess if there was Embiid, but Towns and Simmons would be an excellent fit together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'd Towns spread the floor real nice. Towns in the second, the uh, first overall pick of the second round for Embiid. No. <laughs> oh, oh, of the second round. I, was, I thought you were talking about the first <laughs> overall pick. I was like, Towns for Embiid is already like a <laughs> fair yeah. enough. Second round. Better defender, but I don't know. Nah. Some weird shit's gonna have to happen. Otherwise, Philly's stuck in no man's land for the next four years. Okay, so that does it for the stamp shred segment. I hope you all enjoyed that. Uh, let us know what you guys think of all those uh, topics. If you're stamping or shredding, which side you would take. Uh, we got to bring that back more. Those are fun. So now we're going to move into a sport that we're going to start talking about a lot more in the coming weeks because it's right around the corner. The NFL, baby, is coming back. Uh, there's some pretty pretty interesting news on that front. Nothing crazy yet, but we've got a few things to talk about, so we just want to touch on it. But one thing I want to say quick before begin the other stuff um that if you're a jets fan i'm sure you know you're going crazy and bouncing off the walls for uh apparently new york daily news reporter uh and longtime hated jets <laughs> reporter uh manish Mehta has apparently lost his credentials uh, and media pass with the jets uh it's been approved by the nfl uh so he is not a, he can write about the jets but he can't He's not allowed to go to the training camp. Like, he can't be in the conference call meetings. Uh, he can't do any of that stuff where, you know, you go by the team and ask questions. Um, and it, it was reported this morning on Boomer and Geo. Uh, some, it wasn't either of them that said it. It was one of their guests that he was like, you know, he's like, I heard this yesterday. And he, he said what I just said, that Manish lost his credentials. And they were like, wow, that's interesting. And it never got, like, confirmed by anyone else, like no other – uh, big reporters. I guess it's not really the, you know that big of news in the grand scheme, but for us New York Jets mm-hmm. fans, it's like holy shit! Like so, someone tell me this is true. And then uh, Chris Carlin, he he went out and tweeted and was like, uh, okay, yeah, like I just found out this is true. And he made an interesting point that it, they wouldn't do this just because of the way he talks about the team. Like if you get a, a writer's credentials uh, revoked just because he writes bad things about your team. You know, there would probably be a way bigger problem. Like, New York Daily News would be flipping out. It would look really bad on the Jets and the NFL. So one theory that is going around, and I think it's really funny. I don't know if you guys remember that whole um, Twitter fiasco where there was an account tweeting about Adam Gase, and people thought that it was Adam Gase's, like, burner account. And then there was, like, the account tweeted something like a Manish Meta article before Manish tweeted uh-huh. it and people were like is it Manish like and he tweeted it on the yeah, wrong I thing yeah I remember that so people think that they might have found proof that it was him on this burner account like slandering Gase and that like they were they were like you're like trying to like 
get him fired and like you're trying to like you know make him look bad on, on like this fake account like it's just like you know public slander so people are saying like they might have found proof that it was him and that was why he w- they were able to get it revoked which would be fucking hilarious and you know <laughs> yeah. fuck him if that's true i mean i i yeah. doubt that it's true but like i don't know what else he could have done some people are saying he wasn't following covid protocols in the building because he was there in the beginning of camp he was reporting and he was like he would write tweets about like you know guys making bl- plays in practice but for i've noticed for like the past week he ha- hasn't been saying anything like hasn't been tweeting anything he hasn't been on the this podcast that he's usually on this jets podcast he hasn't been on it and i was like something's like where is he and now this comes out this comes out so. yeah it's got to be something specific they yeah. didn't just decide to pull him all of a sudden so they must something must yeah. have happened it's pretty hilarious but, um this guy has been a thorn in the side of the jets <laughs> for so many years um i i was scrolling through the the uh, NFL subreddit post about his uh, him losing his credentials, and fans of every team were just like, "Wow, great news for the Jets! <laughs> yeah, like this yeah. guy sucks." <laughs> yeah, it's like, like it's he's <laughs> not even just hated by Jet fans; he's just hated by everyone. Yeah, because um, he's a fucking di- like he. Pro- I'm sorry to cut you off. He probably could not wait. And was so happy that he got that fucking Jamal Adams hit piece. He was like, "Dang, yes, I'm gonna fucking shit all over the Jets." And not it. What the bad part about it was that it wasn't just like Jamal's words. Like he was just throwing in his own shit about how he does. He doesn't like Gase. He thinks Joe Douglas is. He was saying he's a liar and like inexperienced and not a good GM. It's just like, yo, why do you fucking cover the team? Like, <laughs> why? Like, what is yeah, your? Yeah, maybe people, like, the, maybe people have negative. the daily news have something against the jets it's possible maybe i don't know but that's why i think it's he must have actually done something wrong because the new york daily news would probably be flipping out about mm-hmm. it like oh this is bullshit they're probably like hey and yeah, we yeah. Do <laughs> if, if he's he's done as the, one of these major jets reporters uh, i think every that's already a win on the season for jets fans we can go oh and 16 and we'll all remember the day manish meta died <laughs> Uh, you know, not actually died. <laughs> <laughs> so you think this is it for him? He'll never be heard from again? I don't know. Maybe eventually he'll like he'll get it back, or maybe it's like a sort of like suspended, uh, rev- yeah, uh, something like that. Pass, but I don't know. I <coughs> hopefully hope a nice lengthy suspension. Be, they just like put someone else on it, and he's done with the Jets because it's it, it like it, I mean it seems like a silly thing but it it's pr- it's not good for a franchise to have this one like major news reporter always like shitting on you finding the negative things to say calling for the coach to GM to be fired whatever he wants to say like it, it, it's just like cuz you know the fan like there's so many rabid fans in New York you know how New York sports fans are like it just creates a terrible like dark cloud near the team and it's just like if you're a player and you keep hearing this stuff, if you're a free agent and you see all this negative stuff, it's just like no. Get the I wonder if how many stands there out there that like love Manish and like agree with there, all of his takes. There are some. People there must be some like people him, yeah. that love it. See, there's a there. There's just like two types of negative reporting. Like a guy like Rich Semini, he's not very positive, but he's not like a dick 
and looking for it to be. He's kind of like he's like ah, kind of sucks. Like, but they're bad. Well, yeah, I <laughs> mean, there, there's not much to be positive yeah. about lately. Uh-huh. But with Manish, it seems like malicious and like yeah. trying to like stir things up and like. I mean, there was a whole thing. Remember on the Michael, like Michael K. Uh, with, with they were like gonna hire Doug Marone or something and. Manish wrote like a whole hit piece about Doug Marone and he went on the Michael K show and K like went off on him. He was like, You like wrote a hit piece on Doug Marone. Like uh-huh. you are he was like so pissed. It was crazy. He's been doing this for years, like just like I don't get what his angle is. Shit. I don't I don't <laughs> understand. Yeah. It's very I was weird. Reading, but I was reading people say he's like a he's a cancer to journalistic integrity. Uh, mm-hmm. there's obviously there's some code that I'm not familiar with about like journalism um, and it seems like journalists hate his guts so fuck it a lot of the a lot of the Jets beat writers would always take like subtle jabs at him uh, I remember earlier in the year but they did all compliment his Jamal story because I'm sure anyone wants to get that mm-hmm. you know like big <laughs> yeah. crazy I'm bomb, sure but I'm sure the the New York Daily News has some sort of just conflict of interest with the Jets, and they yeah, just something. like to make them look shitty. Yeah, I mean, yeah, New York bad news is you know gets more publicity. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, I just thought that was a funny little thing. If that whole the account was Wyatt, the the infamous Wyatt account, that was it. Adam Gase was it his son or was it Manish? Who was it? If it I would was say it was probably Manish. If it was like he should be fired from the Daily News too, fucking yeah. child. So ridiculous! <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you trying to do? <laughs> like, what, really going that far? Like, what? What do you? He thinks he's the G. He literally is fucking Lex Luthor, <laughs> trying to manipulate behind the scenes. Um. All right, but there's other shit to talk about, like more notable, actual players, NFL mm. players that matter. Um, Lucas yeah, Earl, Earl Thomas of the of the Chicago White Sox just threw the first no hitter of 2020. He did get it. He completed it. Yeah. Was it a full game, nine innings? Yes. Okay. Good for him. How many Both walks? Strikeouts. <laughs> um, Good for him. It wasn't a perfect do game, do I'll do tell you do that. Yeah, <laughs> walks or errors, walk. hit by pitch. One nine walk. innings, one walk, no hits, thirteen strikeouts. Wow, he just got a strikeout in the past two that minutes. That is tough. <laughs> what, the game just ended? Oh, he said 12 at first, and now it was oh. 13. <laughs> <laughs> Guy's still going. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. uh, yeah, so that's good for Lucas Giolito. Clap it up. Nice job. First no-hitter. Good uh, thing he's not on the Nationals anymore. <laughs> yeah, they traded him for what, Adam Eaton I think a couple years ago. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I think, I think so. that's what it was. But sticking to football, uh, big news, I think it was yesterday or the day before, Earl Thomas released by the Ravens. Uh, apparently, well, yeah, because he was he punched another teammate in practice and then yeah, like, to put it on Instagram on or I, some I shit. I don't know all the specifics. Yeah, it, it came out of nowhere. Apparently, there's a laundry list of things that Earl Thomas has done with the Ravens for the past, like, since he got there a year ago. But they have been fed up with him and finally got rid of him they're gonna try to use um conduct detrimental to the team to get out of his like guaranteed money situation uh but 
yeah, I mean, Rich, we were talking about this the other day. I had no idea Earl Thomas was like a problem yeah. guy like that. All of a sudden, he's the worst teammate in the fucking <laughs> NFL. Yeah, it's um. Uh, so the the other teammate was the other safety, Chuck Clark, uh-huh. is who he punched, and uh, it's kind of it kind of reminds you maybe not on that extreme level of the AB uh, situation where you know this one story happens and he gets the team moves on and then everything starts rolling out this this and that uh-huh. and like you kind of it it becomes more of like instead of when did he become this way i always thought he was like this you know model teammate and more of how did these teams keep this under wraps the whole time when he was yeah. like a psycho um because yeah. i saw even like people for the seahawks saying they like he had a bunch of problems there i mean i know he had contract disputes and stuff but I don't, maybe there was even more stuff behind the scenes where he was just you know mm-hmm. throwing tantrums threw up the finger when he broke his leg you remember that yeah <laughs> yeah that was funny yeah, it's weird. I had always looked at him as, like you said, like leader of the locker room, mm-hmm. like veteran guy, elite player, great teammate. It's a lot of this stuff is is kept under wraps until it can't be anymore. Uh, I think a part of it also, uh, it's been known for a couple of years now that he's wanted to be on the Cowboys. Right, he that story back when like, he ran over to Jason Garrett after the game said like come get me, whatever that was. Earl Thomas did uh, that. Yeah. What, what is with these fucking safeties and number? <laughs> isn't he number thirty-three too? I don't. I don't know what number. Uh, he sure, is. he was number thirty-three. I could be wrong about that. I think he's like he's diva safeties maybe. in the Cowboys. Yeah. Have to be <laughs> they there all love in the, the Cowboys. Land of disappointment. <laughs> but yeah, he he definitely. It's been known that he wanted to be on Dallas for a while, uh, but he did sign with the Ravens last season in the off season. So I guess maybe Dallas wasn't interested then, but. It's it's very weird when a team like the Ravens, you know, Super Bowl aspirations, fourteen and two last season. Earl Thomas played great I for them. Twenty nine. I'm stupid. He's always been that and so badly. For them to to kind of cut this guy loose, and obviously it's going to hurt their defense significantly in the short term. See how if anyone steps up, but they knew that they're taking a step back. Uh, but for them to like still go through with it and say no enough is enough it's definitely a warning sign for anybody else who's going to be picking him up for him to like ruin his time in seattle and baltimore after one year two like very well run successful organizations you know what does this guy need what what, what else do you want so similar to the ab situation just because same thing part of the steelers organization who's like one of the top organizations forever goes to the patriots cut after like two weeks, mm-hmm. whatever it was. I mean, he went to the Raiders first, right? But when you see these, uh, you know, model of consistency team saying enough is enough, yeah. gives every team in the league sort of that pause, like, mm-hmm. okay, you know, we're nowhere yeah. near as good as them. Yeah. <laughs> what do we yeah. not see? <laughs> yeah. I do well, I ultimately think – go ahead. I guess what – because Earl Thomas is elite as well. Like, I guess when you're – when you're that good at football, teams kind of just like let it slide for some time um, mm-hmm. until it gets to the point where it's like, all right, this is getting ridiculous. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. And I don't know. And I don't know if he was that level of crazy like Brown. Like he could have just been like a pain in the ass, you know, like not flying in on a hot air balloon and you know, whatever. I mean, he punched a teammate. He didn't push the GM, but <laughs> <laughs> I guess. But I don't know. Uh, um, I'm sh- it's you know, there's two sides, and then there's the truth. So we'll never know. Hmm. Apparently, yeah, there's reports that have been late. coming out. 
Yeah, yeah, I was going to say that. He's he showing up late to, to get his car <laughs> washed. He's showing up late. He's obviously causing disturbances with teammates. Uh, they have, like, some leadership group amongst the players in Baltimore, and all of those guys were on board with cutting him, uh, which is really, you know, a bad look when even the team is willing to let go of an elite talent like that just because they don't like you around. Uh, I do ultimately think he will sign with the Cowboys. You know, one-year deal for – yeah, Dallas doesn't <laughs> give a shit. Um, Jerry Jones won't care at all. But, I mean, I think he'll take a whatever amount of money Dallas will offer, one-year deal, $10 million, something like that. Dallas doesn't – the salary cap doesn't apply to the Cowboys, so they'll figure yeah. out a way to make <laughs> it work. Everyone on a 10-year deal. <laughs> yeah, they'll figure out a way to – Get him on you know, the books. That, that team is perfect for those guys like that, like Jamal and Earl Thomas, who all they want is to be the diva star and yep. care about all the attention. They don't really care about winning when they say they do, but they just want to have the star on their helmet and be on America's team and go, mm-hmm. woo, look yeah. at me. It's also that's te- all, that's it's all also true. Texas where, you know, taxes are Football. lower. Yeah, Earl Thomas went to the University of Texas. I think he's from um, around there. I'll tell you what, Earl Thomas on the Cowboys makes them oh, just a little incredible. bit scarier. <laughs> they're already incredible. scary. <laughs> they're be good. They're going to be real good. Eight yeah, eight. if they get him. I mean, where else I would, would he go? I would love for them to disappoint. Know. Yeah, it'd be incredible. Where else, always, where else would Earl Thomas when land? The, when the Cowboys hype builds because they'll eventually just when it's blow up. Because then you just don't say anything, and if they're good, it's just like, all right, you know, we expected it. But then when you're bad, they're bad. You can be like disappointment always. <laughs> <laughs> Except for last year when I knew they were sucking, even though they were three and zero, because the clapper couldn't get it done. The clapper. Yeah. I mean, he, it's interesting. Jason Garrett. Guys who get caught late in camp like this, I feel like he always would clap no matter what was happening. Forty nothing. He'd be like. <laughs> Maybe the Browns take uh, a shot. Oh, after they losing like that, Delpit. They lost Grant Delpit, Torres Achilles. No, they have enough divas. That's yeah. true. But they love the divas. Who's running the team now? It's not Dorsey. No, they brought in a new guy. I don't know who he is. Hugh Jackson? <laughs> yeah, he snuck <laughs> they back in. Back. He just has a mustache now. <laughs> this is Rue Jackson. Jack Human. <laughs> yeah, Jack Human. <laughs> Do we have any other NFL stuff? Um, we can keep it with the same position group. Oh yeah, uh, um, Justin Herbert can't take a snap under center. That's pretty interesting. Sticking with the same position group, uh, you have Buda Baker of the Arizona Cardinals just became the highest-paid safety in the NFL. Was it four years, fifty-nine million million yep. dollar deal? Uh, definitely caught me by surprise. I knew he was. A good safety. I didn't think that he was that good of a safety. Uh, just looking up some of his numbers, he led all safeties in tackles last season. Uh, he's the seventh best rush defender at the position uh, out of safeties, according to PFF. So it looks like he like excels being in the box and like run defense, getting after the quarterback. That's uh, that's becoming a really valuable position. I think. Mm. I think just versatility. A lot of people are saying. You know, you don't pay a safety that much. You don't pay a safety that much. But, you know, recently I've been watching a lot of, like, breakdowns and stuff and just whatever. And, like, people are pointing out how important that strong safety and, like, versatile position is becoming. They cover the tight end, which is becoming such an important position in the league. 
Some mm-hmm. a lot of these guys can rush the passer, they can defend the run, and they can play well in coverage. And it's just like they're just moved all over the field, and you don't know what they're going to do. And it's becoming really valuable. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it still has that stigma of oh, it's just a safety, you know, don't give them money. But they're really they do a lot. Yeah, they're not just guys mm-hmm. like that. Jamal uh-huh. Derwin Buddha, I, I guess, is on yeah. that level. Um, they're definitely not just your typical safeties. Uh, being able to, like you said, line up all over the field, do different things. He had no interceptions last season, so I guess he's not like a coverage guy. I mean, we saw that video you showed me. I mean, it's just training camp, but Derwin James, you know, guarding Keenan yeah, Allen. one-on-one and, and like with Keenan Allen. Picked it off, you know, oh. excellent coverage. Like They can they do can, everything. They can do it all like that. It's it's more important than a lot of people think. Yeah. yeah. George Kittle might have a tough uh, season with Jamal Adams, Buda Baker in the division. Mm -hmm. Those guys are going to be lining up against him. I have him on my fantasy team, which is not good. (laughs) (laughs) Fine. Coinciding with the Buda Baker news, uh, Jamal Adams is holding out uh, after getting traded to the Seahawks. (laughs) You're lying. (laughs) Oh, you're like, because... You're saying like, oh he wants the contract, gonna, but that also showed like I don't know I don't know if this rumor was true, but people were saying he wanted like around twenty mil a year or something. Like this guy is the highest paid safety in the league, and he's getting just uh, it's basically fifteen mil a year. Like you're not getting twenty mil a year. He wanted a, an amount that the, he's the Jets compared himself pay to so he get traded. He wanted he wanted to get traded. He's like the Trade Chiefs me or don't pay listen me to offer ridiculous no. amount of money. The Chiefs don't listen to offers about Pat Mahomes. Yeah, he said they don't. Because Pat Mahomes is no, no, ten no. times better than you. <laughs> he did say something about Mahomes, but he said that uh, the Patriots don't listen to offers for Tom Brady. <laughs> Let him go that next year. It's even worse. Yeah. And then he said the the Rams don't listen to offers for Aaron Donald. It's <laughs> like okay, defensive player of the year, six time Super Bowl champ. <laughs> just coming out of Jets for three years. He lives completely in his delusional own, in his own world. I think he wanted to be traded. He was being ridiculous on purpose until they had no choice. Yeah, I think he's yeah, that's true. Ridiculous as it is. Mm-hmm. Oh well, that that is also true. Like even if it was to exaggerated contract numbers just to get out, he's already ridiculous. Um, just another. I, I mentioned it for a second before. Another safety who had some bad news. Mr. Grant Delpit, mm. rookie, who uh, a lot of people had high hopes for. Tore his Achilles, right? Mm. Yeah, he Ooh, tore his Achilles. That's a rough one. Mm-hmm. Um, Missing you know, the full the ACL season. you can come back easily from, but they say the Achilles is still tricky. So hopefully he can come back next year and, you know, be the same guy. But you hate to see that for such a you know young, talented player. A lot of safety news recently. Yeah, seriously. A lot of safety news. They're doing everything. It's a position on the rise. we have any other uh, NFL news that we wanted to get to or – you're going to wait till it starts ramping up the next few weeks. Yeah, that's all I got. I got to go home and watch episode three of Hard Knocks airing right now. Oh, it's on right now? Yeah. How was right, Hard well, Knocks? Was it good? The first episode was a little slow. Second second episode was a lot better. It's interesting. Jalen Ramsey's house is insane. He bought the house like on the show. It's the most ridiculous property I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Damn. I mean, Do you, should I watch it? that rich. Yeah, I would check it out. I gotta out. watch the second episode. I like the first episode, though. Yeah. Oh, shit. The recording stopped. It's okay. I'm just going to end the episode. Like, the Zoom recording stopped. So, um, whatever. Your picture won't be there for this. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank yep. you for tuning in, everybody. Uh, 
We'll see you next week. Hopefully, we can talk some more NFL. We'll have some more NBA news. We'll have the second round matchups. And uh, we're looking forward to it. And we'll see you guys next time. Peace.